0: Hello, hello, it's JJ here, and today I'm with Lorraine Hamilton. She has done so much work with women in business and specifically women in tech, so I'm so excited to have her here with us today. Hello, Lorraine. Hi, JJ, thank you so much
1: for having me. I'm excited to be here with you.
0: Well, I am too, and I have to say, there are so many things we could have discussed today, but one of the topics I really wanted to dive into, something I hadn't really addressed yet, is really the double bind for women. What is a double bind? Oh, thank you for asking me this question. I love talking about
1: this. So for me, the double bind is where women have to choose whether or not to be likable or seen as competent. And we've all heard the the idea that women have to work twice as hard as men, and particularly in the tech space or in male-dominated areas like business, that they have to work twice as hard as men to be able to be seen as competent. Yet, we want to do it in a way that is harmonious. So we want to be liked while we're doing it. And often those two things, the likability and the being seen as competent, don't flow smoothly for many women or the perception of them is not not how they would like to be perceived. So for me, the double bind is this idea of being likable and working in harmony or being seen as the competent, strong, effective woman that you are. That's interesting. And do most women recognize this? I think many women recognize it. I think that They may recognize it in the way that they're just not being perceived in the way that they want to be. Either they're being perceived as being really effective and efficient, but a bit of a hard woman or, you know, a a strong woman, or that they're likable, but
0: not taken as seriously as they want to be taken. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I can definitely see that. So when you work with so many women, and I know you work with coaches and you work with women in business, you know, what do you say to women, whether it's the coach or the actual woman themselves, what do you say to them? How do you even start working with this? If this is a scenario that's happening, how do you really make it work for you? Yeah, I think we have to be really honest about where
1: we are in this moment in history, there is a lot of work that is going on towards becoming an equitable and having equality in the workplace and business um, across the board, but we're not there yet. And so getting really honest about where we are and how all of our conditioning is playing in this scenario, I think is the first start, is a, it's a place to start. So what I mean by that is that We all have elements of conditioning that say that women should be nice and women should be um, likeable and women should be pleasant and women shouldn't be strong leaders and they shouldn't be at the top of the tree. We are, even though we don't want it to be that way, there are still remnants of that, that history. That we're all living with because it wasn't that long ago that that was not the case. So we're all bringing these judgments and perceptions into our workplace scenarios. So the first thing is to really recognize it and then recognize how it's playing in your particular situation. So for me, when I was an engineer, it was I thought I was on an equal playing field. I thought, you know what, I'm the only female engineer in this organization, but that's okay. I don't, I don't need special treatment. I'm being treated like one of the boys, but that was the problem because I didn't need to be treated like one of the boys. I needed to be treated like me. So I was trying to be something that I wasn't. And no matter what I did, if I worked twice as hard as the guys, I still wasn't getting the recognition that they were getting from my manager. And if I tried to connect with my manager, he saw me as a weak engineer. So it wasn't anything that I was doing. It was like I was trying to do all of the things. But the fact was that the person who had the power in that dynamic was running with this conditioning of, ah. Uh, and unconsciously, because the guy was, you know, my, my manager was a really, really lovely man, but he had he was running this program of conditioning where I didn't fit into his model, and and he didn't quite know what to do with me. So the first thing is really to understand the territory that you are in, and then also recognize how we all, as people right now... Determine and make judgments because we all do it, even if we don't want to. And as a coach, you know, the first thing that we do is suspend judgment, but we have to recognize that we don't always suspend judgment in every situation. So recognizing that we are making judgments very quickly on whether or not we like someone, we find them likable before we determine their competency. And we make those judgments very quickly. So we make the likability judgments fast and then it, it takes a little bit longer for us to decipher whether or not we determine someone to be competent. So by recognizing that, and that's for us all across the board, by recognizing that, then we can use it to our advantage and go, OK, so we have to present as being likable first. So being a little bit friendly, being less direct than maybe some of our male counterparts in our communications. But then we can put effort into demonstrating our competence. And that's how we work with
0: what is how it is right now with this double bind. Mm, That's so good. You know, and I know we can all say, probably listening, that we've experienced this. We knew... There was some subliminal messaging or unconscious bias at some point in our career where we're on a team. We're killing ourselves and we're not getting nearly the recognition. I think most women that I talk to would easily say yes to that. So for your first step is recognizing where you're at and what group you're in. You know, I often tell women, you know, if you're in a group that doesn't promote women, you might need to get in a new group. Because you really often do have to find managers that see the benefit in diverse voice, diverse talent, diverse input, whatever you may call it, because those are the people that I often see are pushing people to the next level.
1: Yeah, 100%. And I did another interview recently where the host had asked me, how do we work with the fact that there are fewer mentors for women in in tech leadership and in leadership in general? And I said, well, the, the way to get more mentors that are operating as feminine leaders, because let's be clear that a lot of our feminine leaders right now have got to that position by acting like men." So we want women who are achieving those roles, those leadership positions by embracing and embodying all that makes them feminine. So to become a feminine leader and a feminine mentor, we need to become one. So we need to to really be embodying all of our strengths, all of our intuition, all of the things that makes us really, really powerful as women and also securing those roles and those positions. And that's how we will change it. But that takes time. And it's great that organizations are now saying that they need to have a quota of of gender diversity in their leadership roles in their C-suite. But it's more complicated than that. That's great. And and I'm glad that we're having those conversations, but we also have to have the right women in those roles and women that are demonstrating and
0: embodying what it is to be feminine and strong. Yeah, and I think for some people I might be listening to that being like, oh gosh, no, I mean, I can't tell you how many keynotes I've done with men and women in the room. And women definitely do not want to bring the attention to their gender because they work so hard to be seen as equals. And I think for many women, It's hard. It really is hard. In fact, in my second book, I put a project allocation chart together for managers and leaders because they, too, are trying to figure out how do I promote more diversity. But what we found is that women don't get the same level of sponsorship. They don't get the same type of projects. They have less P&L. They have less headcount. And they have less executive exposure. So when you add all of that up, they just are working on projects that don't have as big of impact. So if you are a leader looking to promote more women, you often have to look at what projects you're allocating to the people on your team to make sure they're getting that executive exposure, that P&L experience and uh, sponsorship. Yeah, this
1: is a really interesting scenario as well, because I was talking to the leader of uh, Women's Global Exports in New Zealand Trade and Enterprise a few weeks back, and she was describing exactly that, that... Women are not attracting as much capital investment as men to the tune of 1.7 times. So they get 1.7 times less capital investment than men. And the reason that the research from New Zealand Trade and Enterprise has shared is that it's because women are perceived to be less ambitious than men. But in the unpicking of that research, what we actually believe to be true is that women are less confident than men. And that's something that I certainly see in my work with women is that they are less likely to set really big, ambitious goals. Some some women do, but on a whole, women are less likely to set really big, ambitious goals because of the fear of scrutiny that they will have if they don't succeed. So women tend to set goals that they know they can achieve Rather than setting these great, big, lofty, ambitious goals, and the perception that that's having in the market,
0: Mm, that's so interesting. That's so interesting. And you know, I my listeners know I'm coming up with my third book, seeking. And you know, the way I start the book is we leave half of our knowing at the door. When you're not tapping into your intuition, when you have self talk that daunts your choices and you feel like you have to be perfect before you get started on new things, we often hold ourselves back in ways that really could benefit not only our teams, organizations, but maybe even the planet. And so I agree with you that we do need to empower more women to step in before they're ready and really step in big, because why not? I mean, look at where we're at right now in the workplace and on the planet. We definitely need more women at more tables. Absolutely, and I love that that is the, the principles of your book, JJ, because the way that I
1: describe my coaching program, the Feminine Success Accelerator, is that it is changing the world by helping women become wildly successful without compromising who they are. So very much aligned that we need to empower women to to be themselves, to be their whole selves. And as you say, they're leaving so much behind by disconnecting their intellect and their mindset from their deep intuition. And and Mm. that's where the magic happens. That's where your confidence is. That's where your resilience is. That's where you can be really sure of your steps and following your callings instead of relying on external feedback all of the time, which is how we're brought up how the majority of us are brought up we're told we're not told what to do we're told how to be from a very early age so so really reconnecting deep into your intuition into what makes you you is where your confidence lies and that's that's really the starting point for changing the world Oh and that may sound very grand but it's true it's absolutely true we we can start it by you becoming your authentic bold genuine
0: and wildly successful self I love that Lorraine I love it and you probably have heard Lorraine is actually living in New Zealand so that's very exciting that she's joining us all the way from New Zealand So as we round this out, if this double bind exists where we can't be competent and effective if we're nice and people are experiencing that within their teams or even their organizations, how can they leverage that to benefit their career? Uh, I think recognizing that
1: it exists. And as you said, very much unconsciously, there's a number of people who are running with this unconscious bias. So recognizing that the people who are, either the conduits or the blocks to your next level success could have this running unconsciously, that they're not out to block you, that they're not trying to block you, that they might not even be aware that they have this conditioning running and recognizing that, okay, so let me appeal to them, which I don't love. I don't love that we need to play this game, but we are where we are right now and this is how we change it. So recognizing that I can connect so that they make that instant judgment of I am likable and therefore I am safe and then demonstrating how competent you really are. And that is how I would say leverage your awareness that the double bind exists and that you might be in its clutches in certain situations and then use it to your advantage. So recognize that we make quick judgments on likability and that we make slower judgments on competency. And one other aspect of this that is important is that we also make quick judgments. We change our judgment on likability quite quickly as well, but it would take a number of mistakes for that
0: competency to be eroded once you've built it. Mm. That's good to know. So take a few risks. I mean, we all know about, well, some of us know, and I talk about all the time is that self-efficacy is learned and you can only build or grow or expand your self-efficacy when you take on projects before you're 100% ready. That is when you're actually going to fill your self-efficacy bucket. So what you're saying is that That's That you should do that more often because once you build up the credibility of impact in your group or in your organization, you have some bandwidth or some runway to take on things before you're ready so that you can actually help yourself and potentially even work towards your next career goal. Being
1: uncomfortable is not fatal.
0: Yes. Being uncomfortable is not fatal. I love that, Lorraine. So tell us a little bit about where we can find you and more importantly, what are you working on next? Yes. Thank you. So you can find me at
1: LorraineHamilton.net. And if you want to dive into a little bit more about what we've been talking about, you can also jump into UpperLimitBreakthrough.com. And I've got a resource that expands on some of the things that we've been talking about today and also outlines my seven steps in my Authentic Impact Blueprint, which is really the backbone of the work that I do with women. And that leads me on to what I am doing and what I'm building, which is the Feminine Success Accelerator. I love working with women on undoing a lot of the conditioning and really building unshakable confidence and clarity on their next steps, their callings, and helping them become wildly successful. So if you want to learn more about that, then jump in, get the upperlimitbreakthrough.com resource,
0: and I'd love to connect with you. That is wonderful. And I think just having these conversations more openly is such a treasure because you know, being 30 years in the working environment, I feel like it's just been the last five years that we've really been exposing not only the fears but the challenges that women are experiencing. And it's not just about hiring more women or promoting more women, there really is a psychology that's necessary to decouple what's been holding back and empower us for what is ahead. Absolutely, and I love that you highlight that. We're essentially at the beginning
1: of this work. It's not going to happen overnight. So accept where we are right now and and let's dig in and and really change the world. And the the beautiful thing about changing these systems and changing the world is that the way to do it is by you being you 100% and being really successful. That's what I love about it.
0: Yeah. And it makes us have to be a little bit vulnerable Not having everything figured out, but you know, doing it in a way that is more heartfelt and really brings more joy in some respects to our lives because we've been grinding for so long and we all know that grinding mentality is not working. Exactly, exactly. There is a way to be harmonious in
1: the process, and that is by being in harmony with yourself and not feeling that self conflict that a lot of women are experiencing right now as they try and
0: navigate the work landscape as it is. Mm. Yeah. That is so true. I love it. Well, this has been an awesome, awesome discussion, Lorraine. I look forward to staying in touch. And for all of you, I hope you will check out LorraineHamilton.net when you get a chance for all the work that Lorraine is working on now to really help women reach the peak of their potential in the workplace. So thank you, Lorraine, for joining us. Thanks so much, JJ.